Hello, good friends and quiet talk listeners. Here's another one for you that I pray will encourage you. That's what this talk is about. It's about trying to encourage you. So, I wasn't sure I wanted to write this quiet talk. I don't want these talks to be about me. As I just said, I want to encourage you. But in in reality, all of our ministry flows out of what God is doing in our lives. I don't think it's right to try to be detached and academic with our Bible teaching. My favorite Christian, the Apostle Paul, was very personal in much of his writing. At least there were times in his letters, letters which are now part of what we call the Bible, when he got very personal, when he really opened up his heart and his life to the people he was writing to. So here goes. This morning I went for a walk. This talk is going to be uploaded Monday, but I'm writing it and recording it on Friday, August the 6th, 2021. I need to get more exercise, and with the beautiful weather we're having and where I'm living right now, I have no excuse. So this morning I got out there, and I'm glad I did. I started out my walk talking to God. It's the perfect time for it. When you're my age, you think about your life a lot. You wish a lot of things had been different, at least when it comes to your choices. Some things in life are obviously beyond our control, but our choices are not. It occurred to me as I began this chat that while my piety seems to wax and wane, the character of God is always the same. That's very comforting. I'm glad God's feelings about me don't change in the way it seems that my feelings about God do at times. I had a youth pastor once who told me that, spiritually speaking, I tend to blow hot and cold. But he said, you shouldn't try to change that. It's just the way you are, and you should accept it. I'm not sure I've ever accepted it. I want to be hot all the time, but it hasn't happened. Our feelings change. Our fervency comes and goes, it seems. God understands that. As Psalm 139 says, He has searched us and known us. He knows when we sit down and when we get up. He knows our thoughts. He knows the path we take. He knows when we lie down, and He is intimately acquainted with all our ways. I find that very comforting. But I was encouraged when I consider the fact that God doesn't blow hot and cold. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So as some of you may know, we are living in temporary quarters. A church I used to pastor is letting us live in their parsonage While we don't have a home of our own, this is obviously temporary. We are engaged in a church plant in Schenectady, New York. It's a little over an hour from where we're living right now. We are seeking God about how to have a place to live closer to the center of the ministry we believe God has called us to. We're not exactly sure how that's going to happen. It might just take a miracle, but we believe God. He has led us to this place, and we don't believe he's going to drop us now. But that doesn't mean that you don't have times when you wonder what's going on and when the uncertainty will end. 
So as I walked, I was talking to God about all this. At some point, a little past the halfway point of my walk, I said to God, you're the one responsible. Now, at first, when these words came out, they sounded a bit disrespectful, maybe even insolent. But then as I said it again, I realized that God had told me, me and everybody else who has ever read and believed the Bible, that indeed he is responsible. Jesus went into some detail on this in the Sermon on the Mount. Read about it in Matthew 6, 19-34. I can quote this. Jesus reminds his disciples that just as God clothes the grass of the field in glorious fashion, just as he feeds the birds who don't plant seeds, cultivate them, or harvest them, so he will feed and clothe us. He doesn't mention housing in this passage, but I I think I'm on pretty safe ground when I include that basic need. Because Jesus assured us that God knows what we need, he made us dependent creatures. He wants us to depend on him. Now, this doesn't mean that we don't have any responsibilities. Our job is briefly laid out in verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. How do you seek the kingdom? Well, first, let's clarify that key word, kingdom. The Greek word means right to rule or just rule. A good synonym is kingship. Seek always to love and obey God as your king. Bring your life into conformity with the principles of his rule, his kingdom. The rest of the Sermon on the Mount is about doing this. So that's our job. Providing for us is God's job. The pagans, Jesus says, seek after material things. Jesus, people, seek after God. The other day, my wife reminded me of another scripture that I've known since I was a little boy. Isn't it amazing how even when we get old, we still need to be reminded of these timeless truths. It was Peter walking on the water. You don't need the details. Peter said, if that's you, Jesus, ask me to come to you. Jesus said, come on, Pete. So Peter climbed over the rail and started walking on the water. That's pretty cool. But when he took his eyes off of Jesus and started looking at the winds and the waves, which were strong, he began to sink. I must keep my eyes on Jesus and not my current situation. You must do the same. The question we must ask ourselves is whether we really believe all this stuff. It's easy to talk about keeping your eyes on Jesus when everything in your life is hunky-dory, but when you have to walk on the waves, keeping your eyes on Jesus becomes a bit more urgent, or so it seems. While we're on this subject, let's 
mention one more verse that most Christians at least know about. It's a short one. Philippians 4, 6. Don't be anxious about anything. Are you obeying that command? If we're anxious, we're disobedient. But let's finish the verse. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Leave your burdens there and go away in perfect peace. I am making my request about our housing situation known to God every day. That's my job. His job is to keep me in perfect peace. Before he went to the cross, Jesus said to his disciples, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Do I give to you let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, you told us all we need to know. I pray for those listening to this talk that they'll have the grace to lay all their burdens down before you right now. I pray they'll understand that you have taken it upon yourself to meet every need. And having done this in obedience to Christ, they will rest in your perfect peace, the peace that passes all understanding in his precious name. Amen. My friend, please pray for this mission effort in this Schenectady area as we worship together every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the American Legion Hall located at 1809 Union Street. We call ourselves the Bread of Life Anglican Church, and you can find us by that name on Facebook. And you may reach out to me by email at father.danjones at outlook.com. God bless you. <laughs>